You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 17 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the bulletin. It is, of course, Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, a bit cold, but apart from that, yeah, doing well. Um, how about yourself? I'm very well. I'm very well. I had a, a very entertaining weekend. Um, this time, not watching Western League football, it would have to be said, but I attended a dinner with my father in the beautiful seafront city of Portsmouth. And uh, it was uh, Mark Hately. I don't know if you remember that particular former England international. The name rings a bell, but I couldn't tell you why. Gordon Bennett, that's one for the teenagers then, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, he played right. for a very short period for Portsmouth before we sold him to um, AC Milan, would oh. you believe? Um, not too many players have gone that way. Certainly about 30-odd years ago they didn't. Anyways, a few went um, and when Mr Redknapp was in charge. Of course, he's now cleaning toilets in the celebrity jungle, isn't he? So, how the mighty have fallen. Anyway, um, Mark Hately, absolutely excellent after-dinner speaker. I know that a lot of the um, Western League clubs do sportsmen's dinners during the season and also will have an end-of-season dinner, but um, of all the ones I've seen uh, in Portsmouth, uh, Mickey Quinn was very good, but Mark Hately I thought was outstanding. Incredibly uh, interesting character, very knowledgeable and incredibly outspoken uh, in a very authoritative way. So there you go, there's... um, There's my top tip for after-dinner speakers. Anyway, um, we are here, of course, to talk about the Toolstation Western League. Uh, On this episode of the podcast, we speak to Lee Hobbs, the manager of Plymouth Parkway, and Andy Hawkins, the assistant manager at Ashton Backwell. But um, before we get there, uh, we will start with a Les Phillips Cup first-round match, and this was between Wincanton Town and Corsham Town. Yeah, indeed, and it went uh, the home side way, Wincanton uh, booking a last 16 tie with Calm, uh, following a 3-1 win uh, over Caution. Uh, Luke White firing them ahead uh, before the away side got back on level terms thanks to a free kick from uh, Dan King. Uh, and then final 15 minutes, uh, game set to head to penalties, but Toby Dalton Cole uh, scoring twice uh, in, the, yeah, in the final final stages uh, yeah, to book, uh, book a spot in the next round for Wincanton, as we say. So, yeah, they beat uh, Caution 3-1. Excellent stuff. And um, plenty of County Cup games in the week as well. Um, I think we'll give um, an honourable mention um, to Welton Rovers in their game against Bath City, not least because 259 um, went out to watch that particular game, which I think is a fantastic um, achievement for, for Welton Rovers. Really pleased uh, for them. And uh, in the Wiltshire FA Senior Cup, there are another couple of games that were incredibly well supported, uh, or particularly for a Tuesday evening. Town. Um, played Chippenham Town. Unfortunately for Carn, they lost out 2-0 there. 251 saw that. And um, I was at the game between Devizes Town and Melksham Town. 222 were there for that game. And uh, an absolute belter it was too. Devizes only lost by one goal to nil. Uh, I say only lost because, of course, I think uh, Melksham now of, of the Southern League, conquering all before them, have strengthened since the side that we know from last season that went up as runners-up to street... Um, in fact, they beat Street, Melksham did, at the weekend. So they're continuing on their sort of upward trajectory. And um, Devizes, of course, in the in the first division, going well. But quite a gap between the two sides. Well, I tell you what, listeners, you would not have known it if you had been at Nursestead Road. I was incredibly proud um, to have, have watched and covered that game. Actually, I, I was commentating, um, despite the best efforts of my cold to make me cough. Uh, but Devizes played absolutely brilliantly. Um, best football I've seen them play. And uh, I think Melksham were really... 
Uh, really surprised and, and uh, you know, lucky in a way to, to get away with a 1-0 win. But there we go. We'll move on to Wednesday and we had a couple of games in the Premier Division, Tom. Yeah, indeed. As you say, a couple of matches. Um, and it was uh, a big away win for Oddown in the first place. A 4-1 victory uh, on the road at Roman Glass and George. Uh, a fifth win on the bounce uh, for them at the time. And it was Josh Williams, John Locke and George Lloyd scoring uh, for the away side. Uh, and there was also a game down at Meadow Lane. <coughs> a one-all draw uh, between Westbury and Chipping Sudbury. Chipping Sudbury going ahead uh, thanks to Jake Thomas. Uh, but then Joe Straddling uh, equalising for Westbury to preserve their uh, unbeaten league run to start the season. Yeah, a few more County Cup games as well. And I think my last honourable mention of the evening will go to Bradford Town in the Wiltshire FA Senior Cup. Um, they played Salisbury, of course, of Steve Claridge fame. He's another, he's another person, I'm sure, who will be on the, uh, the, uh, on the Pompey after dinner circuit. Um, but um, um, Salisbury, uh, you would have thought, would run out winners there. They did, but Bradford took them to penalties. So um, hats off there um, to Bradford Town. Now we move on to Saturday, the 17th of November... And uh, we have a look into the Premier Division and we'll start our round-up by looking at the game between Bradford Town and Hallen. And it was a dramatic and somewhat controversial finish. Yeah, I mean, the drama uh, seemed, to, seemed to take place in quite a lot of our matches this weekend in both divisions. I'm sort of seeing a lot of, lot of late goals and, uh, yeah, there was none later than at Trowbridge Road. Uh, Bradford uh, sneaking, out, sneaking a draw at home to, home to Hallen, a one-all. And all that one finished. Kyle Thomas uh, putting the away side ahead midway through the first half, uh, and with uh, Charlie Madison and then Jack Whitcomb sent off uh, for Bradford. Uh, it looked like obviously they were probably going to fall to a home defeat, uh, but the nine men managed to, to force a corner, uh, and from that from that resulting set piece, Will Halliston uh, tapping home uh, in the 95th minute to, to grab a share of the spoils, and uh, yeah, Bradford uh, drawing one all with Howard. Now, an absolutely astonishing crowd of 253 saw Bridgewater Town take on Odd Down. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and it was a pretty good game by all accounts. Uh, Bridgewater eventually running out uh, 2-1 victors. Uh, both, two, both teams doing really well at the moment. Obviously, Odd Down coming into this uh, on the back of the, the winning one. <clears throat> the winning run I mentioned, in the, uh, which uh, extended in the midweek. Uh, but they came unstuck uh, against Bridgewater. Lee Begg heading home. Uh, to put the home side ahead uh, before Ash McGrain who's scoring a lot of uh, up-downs goals at the moment he managed to level things midway through the first half uh, but then Jack Taylor uh, the, the leading scorer in the division this season uh, he managed to score the winner and yeah it was uh, Bridgewater who eventually ran out as I say 2-1 winners and yeah very very healthy crowd Now um, Bridport took on a resurgent Plymouth Parkway and uh, this game again drew a very very uh, impressive crowd of 145 yeah, good crowd at St Mary's Field, but it was the the away side who ran out with the uh, the three points in this one. Uh, a really early goal from Jordan and there putting them uh, putting them ahead, uh, Parkway, uh, and then in the second half it was Mike Williams. He added a, added a second, and that was how it stayed. So yeah, Bridport nil, Plymouth Parkway two. Now on last week's podcast, I was adamant that this was one of the games of the weekend, and that despite their lowly league position, Bridport was never an easy place to go. So I started my interview with Plymouth Parkway manager Lee Hobbs by asking him whether he found this to be the case. Yeah, we obviously, for us, the result, we really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it wasn't plain sailing, to be fair. They're a good outfit, and for me, they're probably in a bit of a false position in the table. Um, But obviously, to go there with six players missing and get the clean sheet and the three points, obviously, we went back down the A35 delighted. 
Well, I imagine you did, and and you've had um, you've had good results of late. You had a good win against Bradford Town, of course, um, who were who were back on form and, and traditionally one of the better sides in in the Western League. So at the moment, um, are, are you pretty happy with the way things are going? Well, yeah, we seem to have put our horrible October behind us. Obviously, we had a few defeats in October and bowed out of the FA Vars. But since then, if anything, it probably made us stronger. And we learned quickly that you ain't going to have it your own way in this division. And the league table tells you that. I mean, some teams who can be 15th within two back-to-back wins, they can get themselves up to, to six, seven, or 8. So for us, we're just really enjoying ourselves. And we love the competitiveness of it. We, we, we were enjoying going to new grounds, playing against new teams. And yeah. We feel we've had a good start. Um, yes, we've lost four, but other teams around us have dropped points as well. So, yeah, we're really enjoying ourselves. Now, last season you won the Southwest Peninsula League, and you did so in very impressive style. This is, of course, your first ever season in the Tool Station Western League. What do you make of the standard you're coming up against? It's well, for sure it's a step up. Um, obviously, things we've learned along the way is. You can't set up in the peninsula. Sorry, in the peninsula, you can set up the same way at home as the same way you do away from home. Um, but in this league, it don't work that way. You have to have a game plan for home games and a game plan for away games, um, and that's just really respecting the opponent, really, because again, it is a step up, and we found it to be a step up. I mean, we've got a lot of experienced players in our in our dressing room, but. It's, it's a tough league and you can see why it took Street and others and Manafarm three or four attempts to get out of it. Now, of course, one of the most eye-catching elements of, of you joining the league is, is, the, is the travel implications. And um, for many of us who, who sort of look at the future of grassroots football, um, the cost of travel and the practicalities are a key issue. How are you finding covering the Western League um, geography? Well, to be fair, with us being obviously in no man's land of Plymouth, if you like, geographically, trying to find a better level of football is what it is, and travelling's part of that. However, we're fortunate enough that, obviously, the financial implications, it has no impact on us, where we, we carry 20 to 25 supporters for each game. So, obviously, the chairman, I tell you, might just say different, but for us, I think the cost cover... I think the supporters are the people who's funding that, and they must take maximum credit for that. I mean, one of the things that your managerial colleagues like to talk to me about, certainly have done in recent weeks, is the is they've they, they've never known so many stag do's and holidays and weddings. Um, obviously, that's going to be as much of a problem for, for you as it is for the for the other clubs. I mean, does the travel element sort of make that getting a, a strong side out every every game even more difficult for you? Like, to be fair, like you say, unless you're a contracted player, I think as managers, I think we've got to put up with that. It happens. Um, they're not contracted players to be with us for nine or ten months and, and be regimental to be with us every game. However, when you are in one of the top teams, if you like, where competition replaces a little bit more fierce, it can leave the player who does go on the stag do or the wedding or the holiday, it leaves him wide open to be potentially sat with myself or other managers for, for a period of time until he gets back in. So that's up for them to take that chance, especially if you're winning football matches at the time that he goes. Um, but yeah, it's a manager's bugbearer, but you're powerless to stop it. Now, going into this campaign, um, for many weeks, Plymouth Parkway were one of the most commonly talked about um, sides in the Premier Division. The other managers 
very much had a target on you going into this season, quite probably because of your incredibly impressive perform last season. I mean, does does uh, does it surprise you that you were fancied almost from before the final, you know, before the first whistle? Well, you're right. To be fair, all the pre-season talk and probably still the talk now is everyone's talking us, us up to be to be uh, promotion favourites. However, I think it's a bit premature. I think you have to you have to realise that even though we've got players who's played in higher leagues, the adaptation of coming into a new division is. You, you you have to get it quickly, and we're, we over the last ten games or so we've had to learn fast. Obviously, we've we've had four defeats out of eleven, which uncommonly we're not used to. But if anything, we we it made us a better and a stronger outfit because we realised that we weren't going to have it our own way this season. And if anything, the mindsets of the players have changed. Where where you could be at seventy eighty percent tilt in the in the peninsula, you've got to be at hundred percent week in week out in this league. Um, otherwise, you'll get found out and you'll get beat. But um, we're one of three, maybe four, who will be hoping to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. And I don't think our stance on that changed. But for us. Our main objective is making sure we finish as high as we can. If it's first, great. If it's second, we won't like that. But if it's third, fourth or fifth, so be it. And then what we will do is we'll regroup, we'll take stock of what we think it takes to get out of this league and we'll go again next year. Just to be clear, then Lee, the, the aspiration of, of Plymouth Parkway is is to continue its journey through the, through the leagues and, um, and, and challenge one day for entry into the Southern League. It's exactly that, and to be fair, that should be the objective of every football club that sets out uh, about their business in any division. Um, obviously, the chairman has outlined his plans at the minute. We're on course. Obviously, we're in the quarterfinal of Devon Bow. We're in the second or third round of the Les Phillips. We've had a good FA Cup run, and we're sixth in the league with games in hand over the ones on top of us. So, for us, coming into a new division, I, I think we've started very, very well. Well, um, that's looking a little bit longer term of course but if we if we go back to the short term this Saturday you play Brislington now they beat you yeah. at home last month so I imagine that you're looking to return the favour they did they did we um that was in that little wobble of October and we found a little bit of form since then um they're a good outfit obviously they're on their own patch but we will be looking to um to stick one on them because we do feel we owe them one um and like you said, we'll go there in good form, in good spirits, and hopefully give a good account of ourselves and do enough to win the game. Now, one final question, Lee, and that is um, looking at the average home gates this season, I can see that you, you're averaging at the moment about 160, which is phenomenal um, for any Western League club. How important is it for you to have that local support in terms of the future development of Plymouth Parkway? Oh, well, it's massive, obviously. When Plymouth Argo ain't at home, we like to tap into, I don't know, say 20, 30 of their supporters who are now starting to follow us. Um, so, yeah, look, Gates, Gates help every football club, obviously. It's, it's, a, it's a stream of money coming in to the club, obviously, and they're just paying their entrance fee, they're buying a burger, they're drinking a couple of beers. So, obviously, for finance is, is massive for us. So, yeah, obviously, we're really, really pleased our attendance is uh, that good because we felt that they would drop a little bit with, obviously, not a lot of teams bringing a lot of travelling support. So, to still be getting in and around that sort of number, um, yeah, I'm sure my chairman's very pleased. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Uh, now we move on to the glass. Roman Glass St George, they took on Clevedon Town. 
Yeah, and they were headed towards three points. Uh, but unfortunately for them, uh, came unstuck. Another injury time uh, goal to, to talk about in this one. Uh, as I say, Roman Glass, two goals to the good. Ryan Radford uh, and then Lewis Wentland uh, putting them in, in control of this game. Uh, but Cleveland, who've had a bit of a blip recently after a strong start, uh, managed to fight back, equalising through Archie Ferris and Sam Holden. Uh, yeah, so levelling things up. Uh, but then three minutes into stoppage time, so having come back from two goals down, uh, they managed to get a third. Harry Smith claiming the winning goal. So a late turnaround there, and uh, yeah, it was Cleveland who ran out uh, victors. Now, not so close in our final um, Premier Division game, Wellington. Um, they were at home to Chipping Sudbury Town, and it was um, it was a magnificent seven for Wellington. Yeah, indeed. And uh, two players in particular, uh, Jack and Connor Bryant, both scoring twice for the home side in this one. Uh, as you say, 7-2, uh, pretty pretty comprehensive, the biggest winners of the day. Uh, also goals uh, for Wellington from uh, Joe Chamberlain, Sam Jones and Glenn Wright. So, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty impressive win for them and uh, maybe more of the same uh, coming up soon because they yeah, look like a team to watch over the next couple of weeks. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get out of the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Now moving on to the first division, and our first featured game is a seven-goal thriller between Calm Town and Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, I mean Calm coming into this game, probably pretty big favourites, but um, yeah, seven minutes left on the clock, staring down the barrel, three-one uh, down. Uh, goals from Courtney Charles, Luke Bryan, and Eugene Carey, uh, giving Longwell Green what looked like a, a well-earned three points. Uh, but Calm obviously riding towards the top of the table, and they managed to turn it round. Um, Matt Jenkins, Stuart Windsor, Charlie Norman and Joe Williamson all, all scoring for the home side. And so, yeah, a 4-3 victory for them. Uh, the Lily Whites, yeah, coming from 3-1 down, as I say, with seven minutes left on the clock. Not just to, to gain a point, but to gain all three. So, uh, yeah, fantastic afternoon for them and a bit of a, a gut-wrenching one for uh, Longwell Green, unfortunately. Now, we move into Somerset and um, Cheddar, uh, the Cheeseman, of course, they've been in fantastic form and they took on um, Radstock Town. Yeah, indeed. So we talked about the uh, the Bryants earlier uh, for Wellington and for Cheddar. It's all about the Adams, uh, Wright and Jones, both both among the top goal scorers this season, and uh, yeah, both have bagging braces in uh, a 4-1 win at home to Radstock. Also, three assists uh, for the four goals produced uh, by the other member of the striking duo. So they're linking up extremely well together, and uh, yeah, look like a really really good good duo. And, uh, yeah, a big big win for them at home to Radstock, who are obviously uh, struggling a little bit at the moment. So, yeah, Cheddar running out 4-1 with us. Now, Oldland Abertonians, they entertained a side that, Tom, you, were, you, you remarked upon a couple of podcasts ago, Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, indeed, uh, and a good away win here. Uh, Cal Townsend, he's done pretty well this season. Scored, I think he scored the first few set pieces uh, for Ashton, and he, uh, yeah, managed to score another... Another double uh, on Saturday afternoon and uh, leading Ashton back well to a 3 one win at the Aitchison playing field away at Oldland Abertonian. Well, we haven't heard from Ashton and Backwell yet this season, so I thought it was about time we got in touch with the club. Andy Hawkins is their assistant manager, and I started by asking Andy about Saturday's win at Oldland. Absolutely, yes. It's uh, always difficult to win uh, any away game in this league. Uh, it's a very tight league. Anyone could beat anybody. 
Um, so especially with it being a relatively local derby, it was a it was a welcome three points. Uh, now you're out. You're eight in the table at the moment, um, handily placed, and it is rather congested up at the top. So um, you certainly haven't lost any ground on the league leaders. But I mean, would it be fair to describe your results this this season as consistently inconsistent? <laughs> I think that's a very good description. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think after last season, the club had a had a frustrating season. Um, but the last fifteen games of last year, they they managed to hold themselves out of relegation and. and Averaged a, a points total of around 1.6, 1.7 points per game, which generally sees you in the top six or seven. Uh, we've continued that this year. Uh, I think we're up to about 1.6 ourselves. But as you said, it's quite congested at the top of that league, and anyone can beat anybody. So we're just trying to hang on to the coattails of those above us at the moment. So what targets were set for the squad at the start of this season? Well, I think Sir Richard and I uh, all thought we could uh, be be competing in the top six or seven of this division. Um, I know we, as you mentioned, we've been consistently inconsistent. We've lost games which we're disappointed in for our own um, ability not to not to close the games out. Um, so we still think we'll be in the line of top six or seven, um, which is the target we set at the start of the season. Now you've already played the likes of Cheddar and Chard, um, but which other teams have impressed you the most this season? Uh, Welton were very strong when we played them early on this season um, over at their ground. Um, we, we were probably a little bit lucky to get away with a point on that day. Um, and as you've seen, they were, they were top of the table for, for a number of weeks up until a few weeks ago. Um, Cheddar were very strong. I think now they'll, they'll finish, probably finish in the top two. Um, and Khan, I think we had a difficult game away at Khan. Um, and after that game, I said, I think they'll be there, thereabouts. So. I think those three in particular have been probably the strongest we've played so far. And you've got a tough test at the weekend, haven't you? You've got devices away. That won't be easy. It won't be. No, we've lost them 3-1 at home. Um, again, we were disappointed with that result because we thought we deserved better on the day. Uh, but our away form's been a lot better than our home form this season. So hopefully we can go there and uh, do ourselves justice and come away with something from the game. Well, I'm, I'm rather hoping that I'm going to be able to get along and uh, watch at least some of that game myself. Um, and I, I'm not conscious that, certainly in the last couple of seasons, I haven't, haven't seen you, you play. So what, what's, what's your footballing philosophy? What, what, uh, what style of football am I, am I going to be treated to on Saturday afternoon? Well, we do like to, I don't want to get too much of it, but uh, we do like to try and get the ball down and play out from the back. We're not the biggest size, we're not the, the physically strongest size, so... We try to uh, play to our strengths, which we believe is, is uh, playing the ball on the floor and into feet. So um, hopefully you'll be um, you'll see that on Saturday. Um, trying to play it from the back and, and uh, playing through the thirds really is uh, what we try to do. I mean, it's one of the themes that I've sort of covered a couple of times on the podcast um, with with managers because it's becoming uh, increasingly of interest to me. It's one of the reasons I think that the first division is such a difficult. Um, division to get a run of um, a run of wins in um, because you've got such conflicting styles of play. Some of the sides are very direct, some of them are very physical, um, and you know you've got other teams that do like to play. And in, in a way, I wonder whether, although the fans will uh, you know enjoy um, seeing football played on the ground, sometimes, particularly in the winter months, and we, you know we're certainly getting to those now, it, it, it can be a bit of a disadvantage. Certainly, as we've seen so far this season, teams are, are 
trying to keep it very tight defensively. There's generally nothing in it for the first 50 or 60 minutes of a match. And it's, and it's those that make fewer mistakes defensively that end up probably winning the game. So you're right that the winter months are coming. Those that play the, the style of football that we do may may struggle. Um, but, you know, as in any game, the, the, the tactic would be to uh, just try and be strong defensively. And, uh, you know, once you get your noses in front, it's just try and, and, try and maintain that lead. Um, now, one final question, um, Andy. Um, obviously, we've we've mentioned that you were the assistant manager, and, and I know you work alongside Richard Coombs, and of course, the manager of um, Ashton Backwell is Stuart Jones. And, and hopefully, I know Stuart's unable to um, um, speak to us um, today, but hopefully, we'll catch up with Stuart before the before the end of the, the season. But um, can you tell us a little bit about your your footballing journey to the Ashton and Backwell dugout? I used to be a player for Ashton and Backwell, or Backwell United, as it was in the day. Um, Going back in the in the mid to late nineties, um, so I've always had a, a good affiliation with the club. And sometimes you play for a club that that just tends to, to stick within you. Uh, and Backwell or Ashton or Backwell, as it is now, is, is one of them. So um, when Stuart Jones was offered the job in the summer, uh, he asked me to assist him. And um, I said I was only only pleased to to help him out because of the affiliation I've had with the club over previous years. Um, it's changed a bit since my playing day. We were in the Premier Division at the time, and since then they've had some uh, turmoils. Have been relegated to the Somerset, and thankfully they've bounced back. So the task for Stuart, myself, and Richard is just to try and get it back to where we think it should be, and that's in the Premier Division. And my thanks to Andy for his time. Now we move to the beautiful Cathedral City of Wells, uh, where the home side entertained Sherborne Town. Yeah, they did, and. Uh, Thanks to a really good start in this one, they managed to, to gain a 3-1 victory. Uh, Wells doing really well towards the top of the table, and it was James Bisgrove uh, doing doing pretty well for them. He scored twice, and there was also a goal for Charlie Crook. And, uh, yeah, three goals up inside half an hour and uh, running out eventually uh, 3-1 winners. But, yeah, up into fifth, and, uh, yeah, looking pretty good at the moment, Wells. And finally, having started the week with a fantastic Les Phillips Cup win, could Wing Canton Town keep up the good form at home to Chippenham Park? It wasn't looking good for them, I must admit. 2-0 down. Goals from Alex Hallett and then James Guffrey had given Chippenham Park a two-goal lead. But then Gary Chapman and Luke White, who had obviously scored earlier in the midweek, scoring late on. Chapman's equaliser in the fifth minute of stoppage time. So, as I say, plenty of late, late drama this weekend. And, yeah, gaining a point for Wing Canton could be vital. And, uh, yeah, that was how that one finished. The two-all draw there between Wincanton and Chippenham Park. Excellent. Now, we uh, we take a look ahead at our up-and-coming fixtures. And by the time this um, this podcast goes out, um, Chipping Sodbury may well have played Cribs on Tuesday evening. Um, but um, we do have Friday night football. I know this is something that gets... Um, people very excited, uh, including our own press officer, of course, Kerry Miller. So, hello to you, Kerry, if you're listening. Um, but um, we've got Friday night football, Tom. Yeah, we do. Uh, Bridgewater Town, obviously, one of the big sides in the league. Uh, I think they've had, yeah, most of the top attendances in the Premier Division so far seem to have come at uh, Fairfax Park. So, I'm expecting another uh, three-figure free figure, uh, attendance on Friday night. And they host Cribs. So, uh, yeah, an interesting week for Cribs, obviously, away on... Tuesday night and then away on Friday night as well so a quick turnaround for them but uh, yeah it should be a, hopefully a healthy crowd and if we look ahead to Saturday the 24th of November we've got a very busy schedule in both the Premier Division and the First Division uh, what's your pick of the games in the Prem Tom? 
I'm going to plump with the uh, Bradford Willen game. Yeah, both teams towards the top of the table. They actually played in the league less than a month ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure they know each other well. And that one finished one all. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one uh, finishes out this time. Absolutely. In fact, actually, I mean, there's a, there are quite a there is quite a crop of um, really good games. I think in the Prem this um, in this weekend, Brislington against Plymouth Parkway is a bit of a grudge match on the grounds that Brislington only recently beat Plymouth. We got Hallen against Odd Down, which of course is the Ray Johnson derby. Um, and, and and hasn't he been in good voice this week? I think he's uh, still mm-hmm. struggling to get over that uh, that draw at um, Bradford Town. The game that catches my eye is uh, Westbury United against Clevedon. Of course, Westbury, we know how well they're doing, still unbeaten uh, in the league. Um, and Clevedon Town, who, um, well, I won't go as... I don't, it'd be, it's almost disrespectful to say it's a surprise, but, I mean, they are... You know, they're the team, I think, that's going under the radar. I don't know about you, Tom, but they are picking up a lot of, uh, a lot of wins. I think they won at the weekend, didn't they? So Yeah, yeah. I think they're, you know, they're definitely a team to watch. Now, um, what, um, what tickles your fancy in the first division? I've gone for a top five clash. So fifty fourth, we've got Wells versus Canesham. Uh, Wells currently on a three game winning streak, and uh, Canesham on a four game winning streak. So something has got to give here, and they didn't play that long ago. Uh, uh, earlier this season, Wells winning three one away at Canesham. So uh, yeah, Canesham definitely uh, got got something to, to to right some wrongs. So uh, yeah, that should be a pretty good clash down there in uh, in Wells. The first division is looking pretty tasty as well. I shall be at Devizes Town against Ashton and Backwell, hopefully, weather permitting. Um, we don't want to return to that cough, but um, that I reckon will be um, certainly. Well, I'm certainly hoping for a good game there. Um, Longwell Green against Old Abertonians. That's got to be um, one of the closest derbies in the Western League. Portis Head against Welton Rovers. Of course, there's a bit of a grudge match there. It wasn't that long ago that um, Portis Head. Um, beat Welton Rovers. That was when Welton were top of the table. Really, on paper, there should only be one winner here. Welton have had a bit of a wobble of late, um, but Portishead's still way down in the table, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not the Green Army can get some measure of revenge. Now, on last week's podcast, we did go through the tables. Of course, the tables are in your excellent uh, bulletin, Tom, so we'll talk about how the listeners can can find that uh, later in the podcast, but I think um, I think we'll have a little bit of a look at the um, our hot shot statistics. So in the uh, Premier Division, uh, leading leading goal scorers at the moment, we've got Jack Taylor. Obviously, he scored in the match winner on the weekend. He's got 17 league goals so far this season. He's leading the way by uh, four uh, from Ryan Radford of Roman Glass. He's got 13 league goals, and then we've got uh, Callum Demkiv of Westbury. He's the other man in double figures. He's got 10. Ten league goals uh, in the first division. You've got Adam Jones uh, of Cheddar, uh, and then his teammate Adam Wright. So he's on fourteen. Adam Jones on seventeen, and Stuart Windsor of Cowan also on fourteen. So uh, the, the, the cheese men duo doing it, doing it uh, in the first division. Uh, and then looking at all competitions, obviously including a lot of cup ties going on at the moment. Uh, Taylor of Bridgewater on twenty. Uh, Jones of Cheddar on nineteen. Demkiv, plenty of cup goals for him. He's got seventeen in all competitions, and that's Westbury's. Westbury's main man, and then we've got four players on 16 goals. We've got Ben Bamman of Bitten, we've got Radford of uh, Roman Glass, and we've got Windsor of Cowan, and we've got the other Adam, uh, Mr Wright, uh, from Cheddar as well. So, yeah, plenty of goals flying at the moment, and, uh, yeah, uh, the Cheddar duo definitely uh, standing out at the moment. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Tom. Um, I did mention your uh, your bulletin. Um, that's out now. Where can the listeners find that? That is on the uh, Tool Station Western League uh, website. That's on the homepage, and then there's also a a tab uh, along the top uh, and that should take you to the uh, the, the latest 
latest, uh, latest roundups, and uh, yeah, that's available in PDF and Word format. And can we also read your your uh, offering in this week's non-lead paper? Yeah, indeed, that was uh, yeah, that was filed. So that's in uh, yeah, in the step five and six section of the the non-lead paper. Looking back on the uh, the Premier Division matches on the weekend. Now, when you go about compiling your um, your bulletin and indeed the words, of course, for the non-league paper, are you uh, d- d- do you do you make use of uh, social media at all? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for, m- for most of it. So yeah, that's probably where I get the, the majority of my information and stuff. So yeah, a big source for me. So over the couple of years we've been doing this podcast, and of course you've been editor of the bulletin. I mean, I think it would be fair to say that we've both seen social media expand somewhat in its um, in how our member clubs are, are using it and engaging with it and it, it just how much information and innovation it would be fair to say we, we, we're seeing in social media whenever teams and uh, yeah people can get involved and, and help out with with things like that it's always uh, always noticeable and uh, yeah I'd say it's obviously a source for source for good and uh, it can only, yeah as I say it can only be a good thing really well, I, I, the reason I make this point is because over the, the again over the years we've been doing this, I've sort of called out sets, you know, some clubs for how how well I felt that they were they were using social media. In particular, um, Gareth Paisley at Welton Rovers has been um, um, has been incredibly um, innovative in the way that um, he's engaged with the fans. Uh, and promoted um, that particular club. Indeed, it's been uh, it's been one of the most widely followed in the Western League, regardless of the fact that uh, it's in the first division. I think it's interesting that we talk to a lot of clubs on the podcast um, that have aspirations to rise through the steps and um, and enter the Southern League. And, and I think perhaps some of us assume um, that um, um, that the resources that go with that, that the marketing and the social media and the interviews and the podcasts. Um, follow the success, but um, it's not always the case. I think there's plenty of fantastic examples lower down uh, in the uh, in the pyramid of um, some excellent um, uses of social media and increasingly audio media like this, like this podcast. And um, one podcast in particular that I've been following recently is the uh, the Warminster Town Supporter podcast. Um, uh, you'll find it promoted uh, on WTFC Supporter, and it's produced by a chap called Roland Millward, who also um, videos, live records um, Warminster's games and, uh, and, and puts them on through YouTube so you can actually watch a lot of Warminster's games live which I think is outstanding um, and a fantastic way not just to grow the, uh, the reputation of Warminster but also a fantastic example to other, other clubs this isn't necessarily a lecture on the fact that everybody must start doing this as of this weekend um, because I think actually we should celebrate the fact that people like Roland are prepared to give up their time um, to produce this content, because it isn't easy. Um, there's no question about that. But when you get it right, I think it makes a, mass, a massive difference, and, um, and we as a league should support that, and hopefully the listeners to this podcast will um, will give Roland's effort a, a listen, and um, it might even be the catalyst that spawns a few additional um, club uh, podcast. I don't think it's the sort of thing you necessarily need to do every week, um, certainly as, you, as you're getting up and running. But um, I think anything that can be done to grow your club obviously reflects well on the league. It grows interest in Tool Station Western League football. And that's what we are all about. So there you go. There's my, there's my thought for the day, listeners. Uh, but, um, well, it's been another fantastic um, chat with you, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. Welcome. And, um, well, I look forward to catching up with you this time next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>